The University of Kentucky Federal Credit Union encourages everyone to promote positivity and random acts of kindness in the community with their Take Care campaign. Follow along on social media using hashtag Take Care or visit UKFCU.org slash Take Care to learn more. UK Federal Credit Union believes everyone has something positive to share. So join us in offering kind words and positivity with hashtag Take Care. Stop by a UK Federal Credit Union branch to grab a mask or button and show off your positive vibes. Masks and buttons are first come, first served and available for limited to time only. Federally insured by NCUA. Listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into KSR Signing Day Spectacular. I guess this is a this is a crossover event. We've got eleven personnel in the KSR Football Podcast coming together for one magical night. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett, and we've got the birthday boy Freddie Maggard on the Zoom call. Happy birthday, Freddie! Thank you, Nicholas. I appreciate that, buddy. Man, this uh, this, I'm old, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna. But you're yeah. 39. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Good day for a birthday. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It really is. I I was trying to keep it secret, and my sister slipped it out there today. And <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. So. I thought it. I, I I legitimately thought it was like a signing days, like Freddie's birthday. You know, I I thought that was it first. <laughs> Well, it kind of is. It's kind of Christmas, you know, for all three of us. I mean, not just me. I mean, we all look forward to this year, and, and today was fun. And and Adam did a great job, and Nick, you did a great job. And I think KSR provided the best free content on the uh, interwebs today, and uh, people need to check it out. We got a lot out there. Uh, there's plenty of stuff for you to look yeah. at. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so much stuff to look at. But I will say that this signing day was unlike previous signing days because we still have not a full slate of college football this weekend, but there's a lot of games still happening on Saturday. The season's still happening. Uh, and then yesterday, the coaching search, the offensive coordinator coaching search, came to a crescendo. Liam Cohen was announced as the next offensive coordinator play caller for the Kentucky Wildcats, the assistant quarterbacks coach for the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, – like it, I think we kind of saw this coming down the pike, but there was a little bit of drama in the day in in the in the, I guess over the weekend um, when the interviews were kind of happening. I think by the time that we had both agreed it was going to be Cohen by the time that it happened, 
But I think there was like every day there was a different person we thought was going to get the job, except for Bush Hobden. And we were just praying that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I think the whole time it was pretty much just trying to figure out who the leader was. Of course, you had some more head scuttlebutt. Um, your cousin popped up, mm-hmm. Mr. Brian Brom. And then Hamden came out of nowhere there at the end. But it was really just trying to figure out who the leader in the clubhouse was. Um, but as things wrapped up, it seemed like that Cohen had kind of the inside track for the position. Um, Probably the entire from search. Yeah, yeah. And look at, I think I know why he had the inside track too. The, what uh, was that? Man, if I don't know who came up with this phrase for him. But my God, like it's a Mark Stoops wet dream. He used the phrase "the marriage of run and pass." I mean, see, I thought you were going uh, not X's and O's, Jimmy's and GI Joes. I thought that's where you were going. Our GI X and O's, GI and GI Joes, which was something I've never heard before. But yeah, he definitely. Uh, uh, our guy Liam is uh, good behind the microphone. I will say that. Yeah, he is. A really good press conference. Um, hit on a lot of things that I think a lot of people wanted to hear about. Uh, and I think you saw why um, Mark Stoops picked him in a certain way because of how he delivered himself and kind of his plan and um, touching on all the the McVay the, the tree, how he's going to relate it to college, how he's going to recruit and all of that. So I, I think leaving the press conference, it's hard not to leave that excited. Um, now there is a, a lot to prove still, um, but but moving forward, it feels like, um, a good thing for the program. And really, I think the program in general, just they just needed, um, like I was saying all year on our podcast, Nick, they just need some new blood. And I think you're seeing that with Cohen and kind of everybody's got a pep in their step a little bit now just because, um, you know, a new season, looking forward to a future. And today, signing day is always about the future. And so you add that, a new coordinator, I think everybody's pretty excited over there in that football facility. Yeah, absolutely. Adam, I think you're dead on, man. I, I... – it was time for a change, I and mean, it really was. I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, this year the passing game just looked hard. It looked difficult. It looked cluttered. The routes were, you know, just it, – it, it was bad. And it wasn't the, all the receivers' fault. It wasn't all the quarterbacks' fault, offensive line. It was just – it was just bad. And, and you can't, you know, finish last in the SEC three years in a row in passing and, and expect to sell tickets and, and have folks excited. Now – I will say there's a disclaimer on that. 2018, Kentucky didn't have to throw the ball a lot with Benny Snell. In 2019, you had Lynn Bowden. So 2020 was the year we were supposed to see all this come together, and uh, it was bad. And and you can't have that, especially in this in this era of the Southeastern Conference where passing and offense is 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 the new way, and uh, it's changing right in front of our eyes, and it's exciting. But Kentucky had to had to modernize. It. You know, I wrote about that on the website. Is I went through the same thing from Claiborne system, which was heavy run, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just hand it off and maybe a few bootlegs there and there to playing under Tommy Bowden. You got to realize in the 90s, early 90s, Bowden's were the how mummy, right? They I mean, they were the innovators. And he brought that to Kentucky, man. It blew my mind. I mean, it, it didn't have to be difficult to complete a pass. I mean, there, you know, you build in receptions, you build in completions, and it was a, it was a, it was a light changing moment for me, and a light turning on moment for me. And I expect the same from Joy Gatewood and Bo Allen this fall. Yeah, and Freddie, I know like the the term pass friendly. 
yeah quarterback friendly that was what stoops used and and cohen kind of echoed that later yeah and i think the the joke you made was that you could play this offense can you just like expound on that like what it means to really set up the the the, set up the quarterback to succeed i mean seriously as bad as i was i could have played in the system i mean it's really quarterback friendly what does that mean it's all a mindset. I mean, we can talk X's and O's about sure completions and short crossing routes and bunch sets that prevent man-to-man coverage and all kinds of other things. But, you know, as a quarterback, a quarterback-friendly quote-unquote system is, is a mindset about confidence. That's all it is. And if, if the quarterbacks think they're going to have open receivers, then you start your cadence with a little bit, little bit louder. I mean, it's not a dread to throw the deep ball. And this year, you know, the vertical pass was in, was not existent, and it looked like a chore instead of an opportunity for those receivers down the field. I mean, we can look back at what the South Carolina game. Kentucky had four shots to the end zone, and none of them were even close. Right. Uh, I think a lot of that's going to change because of personnel. Uh, I think today was a was a wake up call to that receiver room that hey, you better be able, you better be ready to compete. Because, you know, the receivers, in my opinion, that Kentucky signs are all alpha dog competitors. I mean, they fight for the ball. They win 50-50 balls. They make contested catches. And those guys are coming to campus to play for a new offensive coordinator from the NFL, which means a lot. This has not been mm-hmm. talked about. Cohen is used to dealing with rookies, right, and, and, and integrating players through free agency, cutting players bringing them off the practice squad, et cetera. He's not going to be afraid to play freshman. I mean, that's just like bringing somebody up from practice squad or trading or cutting a player and bringing another one up. He's going to play these young guys, and it's exciting. Yeah, you mentioned quarterback friendly. Uh, the system, it, Jared Goff's a perfect example of this. Jared Goff's first year as a starter, he's 0-7. Um, he throws four – or uh, let's see here, four, 5.3 yards per attempt. McVay comes in the next year. Since then, he's 42 and 18 as a starter. He's been over eight yards per attempt two years, over seven yards per attempt uh, two more years, where he's really – he's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's up there with, you know, a lot of other people. And so that that's just a perfect example. Like they came in here and they set it up. I, I like what he said um, when he says moving the launch point. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot – it's a lot of, you know, it's, it's hey, Bo, if Bo's a quarterback – you're going to fake it to the running back, and you're going to roll out, and this guy is going to be open and throw it to him when he's open. There's, there's going to be a lot of that, I think, in this offense just to kind of set up and make some easy one-two throws, and then that's when you can start to get more confidence and get rolling forward. I think part of the problem this year is there was just no confidence at all in that mm-hmm. passing right. game from the head coach to people in the nosebleeds to people sitting at home to the players on the field to the players on the sideline. They just – they didn't believe in the system, and I think that's part of the reason you're seeing that change. And you're hoping Cohen um, can bring some of that that quarterback friendly offense that we're talking about, and hopefully it can relate here at Kentucky. Um, and if it does, I think you know we're going to see some really good things on the field next fall. Yeah, poor Terry look, look, at times just looked defeated, man. Mm-hmm. I felt terrible for the guy because I mean, it, again, it was it wasn't his all his fault. It wasn't all the it was just everything. It was like, conglomeration of, of, of stuff that led to 124 pass yards a game and every pass seemed just very difficult. Uh, but yeah, Adam, you're right. Moving the launch point, you can do that. Uh, I think that, that golf and the Rams and, and this Cohen system, they're, they're incredible in the bootleg game. Right. And then, 
and then the old school waggle which has been around for 100 years i mean (laughs) it's easy i mean i mean it's easy to complete passes if if you if you have a little confidence well and that was the thing that i think that was the biggest mystery around this team is how are you not better at play action with those that rushing attack um yeah and like that's that's the kind of what, what cohen was kind of getting at he's like there's plenty of good here. We're just going to build off of it. And Stoops, you know, he, they weren't trying to like, he wasn't trying to set limitations on the team. But he's like, listen, we kind of know what we are and we know what we probably shouldn't try to be. So let's just build on this. And I, and I feel like yeah. the, the kind of scheme will build on what Kentucky already does well. You mentioned the, yeah. You mentioned Point the play out. action. Uh, I want to make this point right quick because I know that's something we talked about a lot, but Kentucky's scheme where they're coming from, if you're in the gun, if you're in pistol and you're running inside zone straight at people, it's just not going to be as effective. Um, now, what you're going to see with Cohen is you're going to see some under center, but you're going to see some some of these outside zone stretch plays where you're making defenses move. Like everybody has to move uh, east or west to, to defend this, and that's where you're going to see – some stuff come from the other direction. So you're going to be able to hit them with misdirections. You're going to be able to zig while the defense is zagging. And that's where I think you're going to see this offense. That's going to kind of be their bread and butter. It's running the outside zone and then coming back the other way and hitting you with um, boots and pass plays going in the opposite direction. I think in Kentucky's pass system, you're in the pistol, you know, 75% of the time. If you're not in that, you're in, you know, traditional shotgun offense, seven yards deep it can be harder for play action to get going that way. I mm-hmm. think this scheme just in general is going to gonna lend itself towards being more of a, an effective play action pass attack. Freddie, quarterbacks are going to be under center taking snaps. And they're, and they're going to not do that stupid freaking clapping crap. I, <laughs> I don't know why that gets on my nerves, but it gets on my last nerve. I, I, I can't stand it. I don't Hopefully understand they'll have the, to say cadence. I don't I don't get like like I, I remember with Lamar, they're like, Yeah, he just can't take a snap under center. And it's like why? It's like the first thing you learn at practice is taking a snap under center. How is it so hard to nah, I don't know? Put He's not the only one. But it's so weird. I don't get it. Don't yeah. understand. These kids today are growing growing up in the spread systems that, that that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, but it, it's not that hard. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you right now, spring practice, Bo and Joey are going to get their toe. You know how you get a quarterback mm-hmm. from behind the center to, to where he needs to be? Is you let him get his toe stepped on about 10 times in practice, and he'll get them out of the way really quick. <laughs> and I mean, I, that, that I'm serious. That's going to happen. It's going to look it's going to look a little awkward at first, but hey, pain uh, brings on change, and they got to learn how to do it. I, and you're going to see some huddles too. I mean, he's going to run some tempo. Uh, but you're going to see some huddles. You're going to see quarterbacks in the center. You're going to see multiple tight ends. You know, I, I wish Justin Rigg had another year because I think he would he would flourish in this offense. But Keaton Upshaw has the potential to have a really, really big year next year uh, in this system, in my opinion. Yeah, he certainly does. Uh, Higby, and then the, the, yeah, Western guy has been having all his success out there. Yeah, and expect Jordan Dingle to play the minute he gets on campus too. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, before we go back into the uh, – we dive into the players and, and what's the nougat blood that's coming on the campus, I, I wanted to ask you, like, because you were a little – you were a little skeptical of Cohen at first. I was just because I selfishly wanted my cousin to be the OC. Uh, I kind of get why he didn't get the job. He, 
not as uh, well versed, um, doesn't have his diverse resume. And, and the big thing is the run game because, uh, you know, them problems, they ain't, they ain't running the ball like you are with Todd Gurley a couple years back, racking up 1,400 yards. So the, the Rams can pound the rock. And I think that really helped sell Mark Stoops. But I, I'm curious, like, you were a little kind of like, eh, I don't know. Are you, are, is that still the case? The, my only thing is um, you're, ba- you're hiring Cohen because of his three years with the Rams. And by all accounts, you know, McVay is the mastermind. He runs it all. We even heard Cohen say it, um, talking about how he's the offensive coordinator. He does it all in practice. Uh, so that, that, to me, is, you know, that's the one worry. He's never, you know, coached at this level, this Power 5 level. He's been in the FCS. So, I mean, it's it's a roll of the dice, but I think this was what this hire was, regardless. Um, you needed a change, yes, but, but the uh, – in the past hires, I think Kentucky, when Mark Stoops has been here, had an obvious clear-cut top choice um, when when they were going out to off, hire an offensive coordinator. I don't think that was there this year. I think um, it, 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 there was just a risk, and I just think I think there's there's going to be growing pains at first. I think you're translating to a different system. We we don't really know Cohen as a play caller. We've only seen him two years as a play caller at Maine. Um, the numbers weren't great there. Now, I'm not going to get into, you know, uh, main recruiting and what they were in their conference and <laughs> this and that. Hey, you did but, find a fake uh, a fake spike on did, film, I, so I'll give you I that. Did. And that's that that's reeling me in a little bit for sure. Seeing that, um, so really we're just gonna have to see what he does and how he blends maybe what he did before and what he learned with the Rams. So, um, yes, I'm, I'm a little skeptical because I, I I know where Kentucky is and I know if they just get if they just if they just hit on this hire. They're going to be in really, really good shape. If they can hit it on this hire, they can start successfully recruiting quarterbacks and receivers and developing them along with everything else they got going. There's a lot riding on this hire. So I am more of an await or see camp. Um, but, you know, I've, after doing some more research, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I will admit that. But there's, I just think there was a, a you know, a very big risk in this, um, in this hire. But I, like I said, it was going to be like that no matter, I think, who you hired. Yeah, with maybe Moorhead being the one exception to that, just because of, you know, his track record. Um, you also, you're a big, watch the introductory press conferences of every human that coaches football. I mean, Cohen laid it on thick with that. Uh, I grew up wanting to be Tim Couch. How do you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be an introductory press conference Hall of Fame, doesn't it? Yeah, that was pretty. That was a good one. He just, he hit on all the key talking points. You could tell he had probably had five or six things he wanted to talk about, and he hit on <laughs> from Sto- from saying Sto- We've heard Stoop say everything I've said has happened so far. Like we've heard him say that multiple times, and Cohen went out of his way to to throw that out there. <laughs> so I think he had a, a bunch of different things that he that he he wanted to hit on, and he hit on. Uh, smooth delivery, uh, answer questions at left you feeling excited, which is really what you want from a press conference. But hey, you don't want nobody has won a single game, uh, winning a press conference. Well, Muschamp has won plenty of press conferences <laughs> and he's no longer employed, so we got to see what it does on the field. But he definitely passed his first test. I like the fact, I mean, I, I enjoyed his press conference as well, Adam. I liked what he said. I, I'm kind of all over the place here, but. He's not going to make the players fit his scheme. His scheme mm-hmm. is going to fit his players. And, and to me, that is directed straight towards Chris Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we've seen one offensive coordinator lose his job for running Rodriguez 12 times a game. And I think 
I think he's going to be in the, uh, you know, he's going to be up there. I think his, his carries are going to go up because seven yards a, a, a pop. I mean, you you got to get the football in his hands. I mean, you really do. And, and I look for him to change his body a little bit and and maybe lean out a little bit for that outside zone scheme. But uh, I don't think he's going to totally go away from that inside game as well because it's so successful. And then personnel. I mean, Austin Dotson is built for a power game. Uh, mm-hmm. Quentin Wilson at center, maybe, you know, we'll see how that works out. Uh, there's a lot of transfer wire rumors mm-hmm. going around right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, I think Jagger Burton will play. And I don't know, you know, with, with this scheme, if, if they're really going to be married to the outside zone, does Jagger Burton play now play tackle? That's what I was thinking. Athletic, to that, when, when he him. Uh, I talked to some national folks today and they could not say enough good things about Jagger. I mean, to be honest, <clears throat> excuse me, usually it's me going on being a homer, but th- they just kept going on and on that he is the most athletic offensive lineman in this class in the country. And uh, that's, that's pretty high praise. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, we still haven't heard a decision on uh, uh, Dorian, uh, Darian Kennard. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, he, he's a pro wherever he wants to play. Maybe, perhaps, they move him over to left to, to help him out with his draft status and move Jagger to right. I, I don't know how that's going to work, but it's going to be interesting to follow. No, you're you're certainly right, Freddie. And I like that um, <clears throat> on Luckett's film room of Jagger Burton, he pulled a clip of Jagger, like, sprinting down the sideline. And he's, like, right, step so he, for step he's with a, one of those, uh, one, one of those scary freak, kids. <laughs> he's a freak. And, 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 and I'll tell you, I mean, I know where I'm getting off topic here, but if you've not watched Grant Bingham play in person or in tape, on tape, watch that guy. I mean, I, I, I realize that, you know, today's press conference and everything is aimed at, at, at Wimps at, at Owensboro, the quarterback, and he right. is an excellent quarterback. And he's dynamic. He's a playmaker. He is what you're looking for to lead your program. But Grant Bingham is yeah. a dude. He is a – remember I texted you that, Nick, from uh, – I was at what? Simon Kenton. And okay, yeah. Simple is just like Grant Bingham is a dude, and he is. <laughs> he's six six, three ten, and he can, he can move like Jagger, man. It's it's pretty fun to watch when you study him. Yeah, and uh, this hire is big for a guy like Bingham, guys like Gavin, uh, Wimsett, guys like Dane Key, um, because right now I'm not con- I, I I feel kind of confident about where they are with Wimsett. The other ones, uh, not so much. So, um, and it's, it's not like for the lack of what UK is doing, it's that they've got their eyes set on bigger prizes. Uh, I've heard no, right. no name for Bingham at least. So, um, it, whew, it, it'd go a long way if you can <laughs> keep those guys in the fold. Uh, but there was one other thing I wanted to bring up from Cohen's press conference that he kind of let slip. And as soon as it happened, I was like, you know, this is probably just him. This is probably just a slip of the tongue. He's got a lot of stuff on his plate. But when he was asked about the quarterbacks and what he wanted, he talked at length about, you know, I want to be a competitor. Uh, you know, I want those guys to, when they're going out playing pickup basketball, to go out there and want to dominate, to be a point guard. Um, he's like, but, you know, accuracy starts first. We can always fix the feet. If they're runners, we can implement that. But accuracy is, is our first priority. We can build up from there. All avenues are open. And then when asked, you know, about what he knows about the guys, he was like, well, you know, I don't know 
too much to be honest with you. I, mean, I haven't seen much of these guys. You know, I know the one quarterback, he was a big runner. And then there's the Auburn transfer and Bo Allen. It was like, oh, so the Auburn transfer and <laughs> Bo Allen. So Bo Allen's the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Nicholas. you see this scheme, though, and it, you could see why he. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a selling point. Yeah. I mean, We'll see. They have, you know, you got to do it on the field, but. But yeah, it, it, two plus two equals four. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, yes, they're going to have open competition, Freddie, and they're going to do the whole rigmarole, but um, it feels like this is Bo Allen's job for the taking. He's the kind of guy that can, it really has the tools to handle it. Now, we'll still talk about it at length throughout the spring, kind of see how things develop. Um, this feels like a nice, a nice hire for Bo Allen. It really does. I mean, it, it totally does. Uh, he looks like a good fit for this system. Uh, his game is is a lot like that of Jared Goff's, and I think that familiarity will will be there for uh, for Cohen. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an open competition. But uh, he said he could mix in some RPOs, but I, I wouldn't foresee a lot of that. Yeah, uh, I think that's run its course. And, uh, you know, maybe this, this hire signals the end of the Wildcat. We'll, we'll see. No, Freddie, never the end of the Wildcat. <laughs> never. It certainly smells like that. We'll see, though. Yeah. Hey, if he can fake the spike and look to throw, then he can run some damn Wildcat. But uh, <laughs> let's, let's get on to some of the players today. And I want to start with the guy you mentioned earlier. You're actually calling his game this weekend, Freddie, which I think will be those two games to start out on Saturday. The 3A game between undefeated Ashland versus undefeated E10, that's going to be a really good game um, where you got a really good defensive team versus a really good offense team. And then Owen, a battle from Western Kentucky, Owensboro's Gavin Wimsett versus Bowling Green, Jordan Dingle, Jansen Dunn. Uh, that's going to be a, a heck of a football game, Freddie. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and especially because it, it pits to, against one another, two of the best athletes in the state. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to see Jordan Dingle uh, against that Owensboro defense. I, I want to see Gavin Wimsett against that Bowling Green defense, which is very good. So, yeah, uh, you know, you got two superstars coming in there uh, at Kroger Field, and it's going to be exciting. I mean, you know, it would probably be easier for them to meet up at WKU and play since it's, you know, close to <laughs> both of them. But, right. uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting, man. It's going to be a, a, a high-scoring game possibly. Yeah. Uh, We'll see, but you know, Bowling Green took care of business, twenty to nothing, uh, win over Cubcath, and then Owensboro beat Douglas twenty-eight twenty-seven in the last uh, last minutes of the game. So I'm excited about that game. I'm calling all six of them. Man. So it's going to be a long couple of days for me. Man, bro. you had a that's a long week. Offensive yeah. coordinators, you got <laughs> yeah. signing day, you got six state championship games. Good wordy, wordy. I know, man. I'm. Uh, and I turned a year older, so you know my my stamina is not there. I, I asked Tom Leach for advice today on I did a segment on his show, and he was talking about bladder control and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah. how do you stay hydrated and you know not have to exit the 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 press box every ten minutes? I'll never know. But the good thing uh, is the bathroom yeah. is close to where the radio booth is at Kroger Field. So yeah, absolutely. If you dip out for a play or if there's a timeout, you know you don't got to go very far. No, 
No, it's pretty easy. <laughs> um, pretty easy. But I, I liked uh, when when uh, Jordan Dingle got brought up, though. Uh, Vince was like, yeah, I've uh, been recruiting him for two years. If I didn't get him, Mark might fire me, <laughs> which that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I, I do like the, like the kind of emphasis they made on Dingle to make that happen. And then to slide in and say, you know what, why don't, why don't Justice, why don't you come on up here too? And now Vince said that, you know, we would have recruited Justice Dingle even if his brother wasn't coming here. You know, this isn't a package deal. But, like, let's be honest here. This is a package deal. Sure didn't hurt. <laughs> and the Dingle recruitment was important because they missed on some tight ends in this class. Um, and Dingle, for a while there, didn't look like he was coming to Kentucky. So mm-hmm. they stayed on him. Um, they got him. And when you throw on his tape – I uh, know Freddie just talked about kind of an instant player, but from a blocking standpoint, he really brings it. He can move. Um, and then with the ball in his hands, he's big, fast. I um, mean, just you know, passes. He's really passes. long, man. Yeah. When he gets off the bus, you can see it. Like, you're like, all right, that guy can play. And that and his on-field backs that up, too. And I think, you know, you talked about this new scheme with the tight end, some of the stuff they're going to do. He kind of fits what they want. And – that was a very important recruitment, not only because it was in-state, but it was kind of at a position of need. Um, mm-hmm. They lose Rig, obviously, this year. Um, Keaton Upshaw's getting up there. And after that, we saw some with Brendan Bates, but he's he's. I think this will be his third or fourth year in the program, so you needed to find somebody, and I think they found a good one in Dingle. Absolutely. And then, you know, people say, well, Cohen can't recruit. Well, listen, how many, how many coaches sign players in this class? Vince Merrill, John Summerall. Clean scale got one, and Mar Stewart got one. Who am I missing? Um, I guess Henshaw got one. But you know. okay. <laughs> so Cohen's Cohen's recruiting is his system and the success he has at Kentucky. Right, that right. is his selling point. It's not so much him going out hitting the road and doing all this that and the other. If he does his job and this Kentucky offense is as explosive and as good as I think it could be. That is his job in recruiting. And then with that, you know, you're going to have a chance to get a Dane Key. Dane mm-hmm. Key is a dude. I talked about Wimsett and, and Bingham earlier. Yeah, Dane Key. You know, Key. for some reason I was thinking that Dane Key was a sophomore. He's a junior. Now. He, so he'll be a senior next year. Mm-hmm. He is just as important as Bingham and as Hell, Wimsett. So is Keontae Goodwin. Hell, I forgot about then you, him. Then you add Travion Longmire from Corbin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's another four-star player. Uh, you know, Ty Bryant at F- Frederick Douglas is another one that I think could be a heck of a player at Kentucky. His dad, Cisco, played receiver at UK before me. So, I mean, the, the, next, this year's big in state. Next year is just as big or maybe bigger in state. Uh, Lucky, you mentioned he he's a guy who looks good off the bus. Who's a, who, who, who is the best in shorts? Who's, who's the guy? I guess you'd have Dingle, Jagger Burton. Great uh, guys that are like, oh. Uh, Jamarius Dinkins kind of – he passes the look test now. 6'5", 250. Like that kid, he's a good-looking prospect. Vince said say, he ran a 4'7". Yeah. <laughs> they list him at nose, too. What? Yeah, but they just they just throw that out there. <laughs> he's not okay. a nose tackle. He is, he is, he is, he's a yeah, he, defensive yeah, end, defensive tackle yeah. guy. Four or five technique. One, one player I think we'd be talking about a lot more too if we had 
if this was a a season where we could like go out and watch him but also b he didn't commit early is lavelle right in in the arguably the biggest game of the year it was the opening game of the season where you got frederick frederick douglas versus north harden you got all these uk commits there and even mark stoops talked about it today just how big that was to have that and like they're they're right i mean that happens in you know, in places like Ohio and Georgia where you have, oh, this is the the battle of the kids who are all going to Ohio State or going to Alabama. And to have that was huge. And in that game, they saved Lavelle Wright for the end, and he was an absolute stud. Uh, he made plays in the that, – that play that he made in the open field to set up their game-winning kick was just absolutely incredible. And he's a guy that I've – had on my eye since I, he was a sophomore and he absolutely tore up my alma mater of the sales just kicked kicked their ass uh dragging players up and down the field um because he, he runs with really great balance um uh, you know kind of got the, the shoulders over the knees so it, i mean it, it helps in between tackles but how he can operate in space i think he's gonna be great in that outside zone um so and, and unfortunately he was injured and that's why your tigers were able to knock him out of the playoffs like it um uh, I, I would have liked to see them go up against Trinity. Now, Trinity still would have smacked them around a little bit because they're Trinity, but you're lucky, Luckett. Consider yourself lucky. Yeah, with Wright, I think the big thing uh, that really popped off me, this is the first in-state running back Kentucky has landed in a decade since Miles Simpson, and that guy got moved to linebacker. So you're going back to, like, R2 Spinner, maybe Arliss Beach territory when you're looking for an in-state running back. Um, the kid from Wagner. Uh, Antonio Alfonso oh, Smith. Yeah. Alfonso okay. Smith, yeah. yeah. That, that he slipped my mind, but yeah. Um, so it's been a long time since they've landed an in-state running back. Um, and this kid, he runs through contact. I think for me seeing him, he had over, I think over 200 carries his sophomore and junior season. So he's shown that he has durability. Um, and really he's a, he's a vertical one cut runner. He should be a good fit in that outside zone. Like you're talking about, he showed some really good vision. You see a lot of his runs. He gets inside, Spins it in there, then bounces out when he sees a crack. And so I think um, you could see why the coaches liked him and why they made him kind of one a focus area early to try to get um, as a running back in this class. Freddie, I'm, I got to ask you about the receivers because aside yeah. from the emphasis on the state of Kentucky and locking down a very talented class, especially in the COVID year where – it's more difficult to kind of spread your wings and bring some guys in. Like yeah. the Kentucky kids are typically the first ones that get to go through like unofficials and stuff like that on campus. So they've been around. The relationships were there for a long time. It was yeah. important to lock those guys up and also to get receivers. And I don't want to make you choose one, Freddie, but Golly, Nick. <laughs> but I'm, I, I want to know your favorite. I want to know your favorite receiver in this class because you had one on Sunday, and then we found out about a guy named Devontae Ross, and you had to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Devontae Ross right now. Uh, I think he's the most college-ready receiver in the – well, golly, Lewis, too. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't know. It, it's tough. I mean, I think they're all unique. Mikel Crowdis brings you 4-2 speed with a 46-inch vertical leap, which Vince said today. That's, that's incredible. That is incredible. <laughs> that's getting up in the air. Even if uh, that's it, fudged a little bit, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he's your prototypical slot receiver. I, you know, I think he's going to do good things. Uh, Chauncey Magwood, I, I, 
there's something about him, the competitor, uh, the fighter in him. And, and I, you know me, Nick, I like guys that play offense, defense, special teams and don't leave the field. He didn't for a six-hour, six-A powerhouse, uh, uh, Lee County in Georgia, won two state championships, started 56 straight games and, and played quarterback receiver. I just think he is a dog, man. And then uh, uh, Lewis, uh, you know, we've seen him. His ba- What I liked about him is, is he got better and better and better and better, and that culminated with four catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. If you remember back, I was extremely high on a very low-ranked Logan Stenberg for the same reasons. I thought he ascended and he dominated that All-Star game in Alabama same way as Lewis, so that's that's that. And then my man Devontae Ross, I, you know, Kentucky's class right now is ranked 38. A lot of that's got to do that Ross wasn't even ranked. So you, he you wasn't can even average on those websites. You couldn't even Google him before today. You can go, you know, you can average all the three and four stars you want, but if you have a zero star, that's going to hurt your ratings quite a bit. And I think that's got something to do with it. And, and I, but I think I think Devontae Ross is a dude, man. I mean, I he, uh, you know, all four of these receivers do things that we didn't see, albeit against high school competition. We got to see that transition, competitive catches, 50-50 balls, finish explosive plays in the end zone, smooth but burst, rapid breaks in, in and out of routes, things like that, hand catchers. I point the football. I think this is this has a chance to be the best receiver class that Kentucky has ever had in, in my yeah. lifetime. Well, so, and, and, and you aren't even yeah. factoring in. You got to factor in Jordan Dingle too, because he's a hell yeah. of a pass catcher as well. I mean, uh, it, it's across the board. And look, look at the thing with Ross too that really jumped out at me. And I, I was trying to just like you know do whatever research I could on him and. He played at Trevor Lawrence's high school, Cartersville, Georgia. And, you know, obviously he wasn't catching passes from him. But big-time program. And last year as a junior, he won his region's Iron Man of the Year. But he was he was only the co-winner. They give it out to the best two-way athlete in their, their region. Uh, the other guy who got it was a four-star cornerback that signed with Alabama last year. That's him as a junior. This kid is an athlete who, like – it's it's the north south. There's no like shine away from contact, and he just runs like he's mad at the ground. That Alabama kid you talk about is Brian Branch, who's been starting for them all season. He's an absolute <laughs> stud. Yeah, and, and, and he's in Cartersville. That Cartersville is not like this. Isn't just some okay program. That is a legit, real good program in Georgia. The Purple Hurricanes have one of the best mascot names in all of sports. That is a great name. And so he's not doing this against just uh run, you know, lower level competition. Like those, what he's that, that highlight tape you put on and that speed and just that sudden change to a direction and the, what he, how he can get up into top gear so quickly and run away from people. He put like, one kid on skates mm-hmm. I mean, just on that. I mean, and that's that speed though. Like a lot of this for me in this class is about traits. I think, it seems like the staff um, valued some traits in this class. Um, you saw with Khalil Sanders and Jamarius Deacons, um, length, long, big on the defensive line. At wide receiver, speed. Not so much with Christian Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but everyone else, I mean, it's like we need some speed. Let's go out and target speed. And that's what they got. You look at Deco Crowdis, you look at Ross, who they just added. Magwood can get up and go a little bit. I just think that that's a big part of it. And that's what I've been saying all year about people just, we just need to be paid. Like, help is on the way. Like, it's coming. Like, this Paxing game is going to get fixed. Um, because you fix you fix your problems with recruiting. If you recruit the right players, you'll good things will happen. And this this class is going to be the class that they're going to succeed with Bo Allen because they're going to put all the right pieces around him. And the, these receivers are going to play a big part in that. And like you said, Freddie, there's no um, – it might be the best class in Kentucky's history. Like you could see all these guys, I think, um, potentially um, playing as a true freshman if it goes right for them uh, because of yeah. what they bring to the table. Exactly. And it, what does that do to your depth chart? What's that? I mean, I think you're going to see some transfers at that position, to be quite honest with you. And that's unfortunate because a lot of those guys were put behind the eight ball last year and, and you know, it was just put in a tough situation. But, uh, you know, it, college football is a we – don't, we don't want to say it, but it's a business. I mean, it really is. I mean, and, and you're going to play with the best players available, and it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a senior. And uh, I think you're going to see some of that next year. Uh, I think, you know, definitely Jordan Dingle will play at tight end. Uh, and I think he plays immediately. He's going to be an early enrollee, which really helps. Chauncey Magwood is an early enrollee. He's going to get a head start. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I think he is the perfect prototypical slot receiver at six foot, 180 pounds. Uh, he's not a burner on the, on the clock, but on the field, he separates from 6A. Georgia high school football players. I mean, separation is really, really big to me. Uh, you know, it's more separation to me is more important than the 40 time because I want to see players run away from defenders. I want to see them outrun people on the football field. There's a distinct difference between clock time and field time. Lynn Bowden's not going to burn up the 40 on the clock. You put him on the field, he's going to outrun people. I mean, I think the same way with Magwood, you put him on the field, he's going to outrun people. Game yeah. speed. They have game yeah. speed. And Absolutely. I think, I think Lewis, even you look at him, man, the two touchdowns at Alabama-Mississippi game, that's what I wanted to see. They run a fade in the red zone. He looks like blanket coverage, but at the last second, he finds a way to create separation. Like yeah. maybe it's not maybe it's not running past people. It's being crafty and being able to go um, create create ways. to. There's different ways to do it. There's all different types of ways to skin a cat. And there's all different types of receivers you can succeed with. Separation is the top key. But even a guy like Lewis, um, finding ways to, to get space, to make easy throws for your quarterback. And I think they just they just touched on a lot of areas, I believe, in this wide receiver class. And I do think it's a, a, a portion of this class people should be really excited about. Yeah, I mean, you look at that body type. I mean, T. Higgins ran a four, almost a four six, mm-hmm. four five five. I mean, you don't have to be a blazer out at the right. exposition. It's about body control, separation, high point in the football, and having that dog in you. Beat and I press. Mean, just want to just beat the crap out of the out of the cornerback to get the football. You know, Seth Williams. We want we want to see Seth Williams not as good as he is now. You know, the type of player that will fight for the football when it's up in the air in 50-50 uh, ball situations, especially in the red zone. Especially in the red zone. Man, Seth Williams had a moment the other day too, and Mississippi State dude was just drawing at him. He was like, "Oh, 
so really you want to do this and then just went there's, and just there's no such thing as a 50 50 ball with seth williams yeah <laughs> it's about 80 yeah. 20 on a bad day 90 10 yeah. on a good day yeah Oh man, that was that was an electric moment this weekend. Uh, we also had Florida LSU in the fog. It was, I mean, it was just a great day for football weather, and you got to cap it off with LSU handing wine and Dan Mullen a loss. That guy, he is just he knows how to just annoy the bejesus out of you. He's the worst loser in the history of losers. And after the game. Oh, well, he he didn't mean to throw the shoe. He wasn't taunting per se. It's like, dude, he ripped his shoe off and threw it down the field. <laughs> Gosh, love to see it. And then having a, a kicker bury a, I mean, he was standing on the Gator logo when he made that field goal. That was awesome. My favorite part of that was the teammates, all four of Florida's teammates, as soon as he threw that shoe, you could see him running at him saying, no, and then he threw it, and they all, all three of them, about the same time, slapped him across the head. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? But yeah, I know, crazy. That's what that's college football, though. That's why we love it. It's the uh, oh man, it can be so unpredictable. It can be predictable, but then at the same time, it can be un- unpredictable. That was great. And then Freddie, could you even watch the Army Navy game? I mean, they had to pull the coaches <laughs> out of the press box just to be able to to coach the game. I mean, it's not Army Navy unless it's snowing, foggy, raining. I mean, it's got to be bad weather. It's not an army or cold as heck. It's not a. It's not an army navy game unless it's bad weather. But yeah, it was. I, that's my favorite game of the year. I love it. I love the fact that army beat navy, and um, you know, if you look, if you watch before the game and after the game, there's not enough accolades for those young men. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the thing about it is, there's little things. You know, those offensive and defensive linemen for army and navy. They have to meet height and weight expectation for the mil- for both branches. So soon as their last game's over with, they have to start running and, and eating no carbs, whatever. They got it. They got to lose weight to meet height weight standards within the military. So, I mean, it, it's just I, I love that. I love everything about that game. I was thinking about that too, Freddie, because they yeah. maybe had a six five receiver that they could throw it up to, and I remember thinking because uh, when I was uh, in middle school, maybe. Uh, we went on, or I don't know if it's middle school or high school, but we went on one of those. Uh, I forget the name of the ship you can go through in Norfolk, Virginia, and seeing the bunk beds. And I was, I was probably six two or three at the time, and I was like, "Ain't no way I could fit on there." How, how's a six five dude fitting in one of those navy bunks? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Or well, fitting in a off- sub? Like, come on. Yeah, I no kidding. You know, but Army had six foot eight uh, uh, Alejandro Villanueva. Mm-hmm. at a tight end or a receiver that he's now the starting left tackle for the Steelers. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing that they, you know, I, I, I can't credit enough those athletes that, that play football at Army Navy and what they go through, everything that they have to go through, then play football. is just, just absolutely amazing to me. Man. Uh, the in, between the good football weather then we had a crazy NFL Sunday and then Monday night football where Lamar Jackson's pooping his pants running the, I mean it was it was a great football weather weekend we had snow in Buffalo I mean it's just wonderful hopefully we get another good Saturday coming up but like it I'm afraid that uh Alabama is just going to take Florida behind the woodshed and just bleed him to death certainly seems like they're on a mission uh, that's that's for sure uh 
yeah, I like the Tide for sure in that game. Probably <laughs> a double digits maybe comfortably. No one has come in close with that Alabama. And we talked about the year LSU had last year, you know, maybe greatest year, greatest team. Uh, well, not saying Alabama's having that year this year, but they just went through a 10-season SEC schedule, won all, every game by double digits, and really didn't honestly break a sweat. And they might have lost one of their best – maybe their best player, second-best player, third-best yeah. player early in the season, Jalen Waddell, and they haven't missed a beat. Um, they've gotten better each week. Um, I think they're definitely the favorites uh, moving forward as we get into this championship and playoff run. They're going to beat the brakes off Florida. <laughs> and I, I'm so going to watch every, I'm going to watch every second of it. I'm going to watch. You know, it too. There's a big difference in, in Florida and Alabama. I mean, uh, yes, they're both elite teams, but there's no elite team in college football like Alabama. There's no elite coach like Nick Saban. Can we please stop the Calipari Nick Saban? Nick, I know you do the basketball stuff. Would you please stop those folks that do I, that? I don't think people do I think that that's much dead now. Yeah. I think yeah. that's okay. dead. Okay. out pretty quick. <laughs> but anyway, um Florida was up on Kentucky pretty good and was throwing passes in the last second. Alabama threw two passes and ran the football every single play at the end of the game to beat Kentucky 63-3. to There's a difference in, in, in class in those two programs, and, and I favor Alabama and what they do more so than Florida. Especially in the running game. Both yeah. run defense and rushing offense. Florida can't run the ball. Uh, they, they, need to, like, they have to rely on Kyle Trask to get it to Tony and Pitts. A lot. I mean, yes, that passing attack is good, but like when Alabama does, they it doesn't. Like you said, it's not. It's very effortless. So I just, I, I was kind of like I love watching Dan Mullen lose, and I'm glad that Coach O got that win because even though he had bought up a bunch of goodwill, this year has been nothing short of a disaster. So to bring in yeah. a true freshman, Brad Johnson's kid, um, to come in and get his first start, he wins on the road just to kind of not, not get the fans on their backs, but also like, hey, we, you know, it's been tough on us this year. It's been tough on a lot of people, but we still got a little bit of it. I was happy for that reason, but I, I, I'm i also kind of sad because I thought that Vegas would actually like think that this is like a 13-point game or something. It opened at 17. If it's still at 20, I'm still going to take it. But like I was really hoping to get forward at a cheap price and then just bet the hell out of the Crimson Tide because – I don't think it – that annoyed me all year thinking that Florida was somehow had it would have a chance against Alabama because they don't. Unfortunately, you, were, you weren't the only person thinking like that, Mr. Roush. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I want Vegas, so Vegas knew that, so. What's the uh, number at Big now? number. It's, it was 17 last night. I haven't checked in a couple of days. Okay. I, if it's a what? 17, I'm still going to be happy with it. So what's y'all's take on the, the playoff ranking with Ohio State? I mean, I, I, I put them in. Why the heck not? Um, I, I'm i more annoyed about the guys farther down that, like, they just didn't seem to care that teams lost. You know? It's like – Yeah. Like, why, why play the games, you know? Ready? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm pretty numb to the playoff. I think we spend – or at least college football in general spends an ungodly amount of time talking about it. We've known for – Two months now, who the five team, five possible teams are going to be? It's going to be Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, um, and then maybe if Florida or Texas A&M could sneak in there. I, I, I just think that's you know what's going to happen, and then that's going to be the playoff. Um, I didn't, for me personally, I guess you know Ohio State. I just don't know how you. 
how you grade everybody evenly in this year um, with all the schedule schedule stuff. Um, so I got a, I got a problem with Ohio State only playing five games in Alabama. Yeah. Playing I do, yeah, I, I understand that completely. I just don't know. I, I really do. I just, I just don't know how, you know, yeah, just, how you fix that. That's you know, yeah, six and different the, conference commissioners saying what's right, what's wrong, and start the season holy, this time, start season that time. The holier than thou Big Ten changes the rules mid race. They don't fly with me, man. I mean, it really don't. I mean, why not allow Nebraska to play Fresno State, whoever they wanted to? Conference said, oh, heck no, it's, you know, it's only, only, only. That's the rules we made it for the season. And then here we go towards the end of the season, and they're changing the rules to put Ohio State in there. I, I just don't like it. It is hilarious how Nebraska is like the redhead stepchild of the Big Ten. <laughs> they, they just get you – know, they're, they're, they're yeah. like the whipping boys. They get nothing going their way. But There's Nebraska, teams, they, yeah. they bite back, though. That's why I respect them because they, they swing back at the Big Ten. Is they're not following all the little, all the little, you know, unwritten rules you have to follow. They they will bite back at the Big Ten, and so I that's confused. an interesting relationship. I get confused on which conference certain teams are in. I know Nebraska's in the Big Ten, but I have no idea what conference Maryland and Rutgers and some of those. Yeah, it just confuses the heck out of me. So I I don't know. I forget to uh, Maryland's the one that always gets me, especially when they're playing basketball and it's yeah. like uh, ACC big 10 challenge. And there's two ACC teams playing. Like, what? No. Yeah. How it goes, but um, yeah, nevertheless, I, I, I don't I, looking at the conference light. I I'm kind of excited to see a Notre Dame Clemson rematch, uh, even though they will have Trevor Lawrence this time. And Notre Dame really found lightning in a bottle the last time around. Notre Dame can play, they can play that kind of, they can turn it into an ugly game and kind of grind it out. Um, so I at least hope that's a good game. Cause if not, I fear that I'll end up turning on the NFL games for some of the part of the day. So, uh, so and I also so need no, a good distraction. Cause I just, anything to not think about Kentucky basketball. So if they're, if, if Clemson wins, they're going to be two and three in a poll. They're going to play each other for the third time. No, they'll drop Notre Dame down to four. I mean, it just. And then Notre Dame can get waxed by Alabama. <laughs> It'll be Alabama, see, Notre Dame in the Sugar Bowl, and then Ohio yeah. State, Clemson out in the Rose Bowl. Well, but see, that's un, un, to me that's unfair because Notre Dame beat Clemson. Yeah, Clemson beats them. You know, I shoot, I don't know, man. That's why I don't. That's why I don't get paid the big yeah. bucks to be on the committee. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're not gonna. Put them again. Back. They're not going to go back to back. That'd be crazy. Yeah, it would be fun though. Grudge match, like you know, time to decide who's the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's exciting, nevertheless. We got bowl games coming up. We're going to find out Sunday where Kentucky's bowling. Either Music City or Liberty. Um, the, the boss man is hearing that it's probably going to be most likely Music City, which I hope is not the case, just because I don't want to waste up a Nashville trip. You know, that's just me being selfish. Um, but, uh, you know, I know, Freddie, you would miss going to Nashville. It's your favorite city after all. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, Nick, let's play the uh, player red shirt game we've done the last couple of years with these guys. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Ready? Yeah, let's let's just run through it. Player red shirt. Jagger Burton. Play. Uh, play, yeah. Play. Dekel Crowdis. Red shirt. Red yeah, shirt. I'm going to say red shirt, too. Put a little on Lewis. chicken wing. Play. 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 Jordan Dingle, play. 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 Chauncey Magwood. 
Play. 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 Martez Thrower. Can I cheat and say he'll play four? Because I do think they're going to get him out there maybe on some special teams. But I would say they're going to try to redshirt him. I think a key to watch here is Kentucky's a little thin at inside linebacker. If they don't add anybody else, maybe transfer or another – our junior college recruit, he's going to be a play candidate. But I think right now the the plan is to redshirt him. I'm going to say redshirt. But I'm also going to use this opportunity to ask you, Stoops did say that could have a couple more additions. Um, Do you got any preference on who those additions could be? He didn't say whether they were going to be recruits or transfers. I have a hunch that Brian Hudson will be one of them. Uh, Just a hunch. No, No inside scoop or anything. Um, but who do you think or who do you want to be that extra addition? Well, for sure, I don't know if this is what he alluded to, but they're going to get some wide receiver, at least one, maybe two, maybe three transfers. I think that's definitely an area they're going to address. I think, like I just talked about, inside linebacker, I think, um, is a need just from a numbers perspective. Um, and then outside linebacker, you got to be careful with, too, with J.J. Weaver going down. Yeah. Um, no one off the top of my head, but I, it feels like they're going to they're gonna, – there's going to be a lot of transfers this year, just with the blanket rule and they got to prove today. Um, all the different stuff going on, and so there's going to be options for Kentucky. It's um, it, that's why I think they maybe you know you don't see many more high school kids. Maybe they they spend some of these scholarships on some transfer guys. All right, Freddie. I think losing losing Boogie Watson is going to hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, who who you throw in there, uh, McDaniel, right now? I mean, and really, there's nobody behind him if you think about it. Yeah, you, so, you got to get McDaniel and Anelli ready in a fat in a fast way this spring. Yeah, so, yeah. So I, it's uh, man, that, that's a tough position. I, uh, I'm gonna say he plays. Jamarius Dinkins, red shirt, red shirt. Jordan Lovett, red shirt, red shirt. They got to yeah. play up some numbers back there at safety. Yeah, red shirt. But in a normal year, I think he would play. David Wallabaugh, red shirt. Red shirt, but I red like shirt. his game a lot. Yeah, he's Rodriguez. fun to talk to, too. He's got uh, – his dad played for the Browns and brothers at Duke, so he, he's an interesting character. I think he's going to be good down the Paul, road. Paul Rodriguez. Yeah, red shirt. Mm-hmm. Red shirt. Red shirt. Lavelle Wright. Red shirt. That's t- can he yeah, beat, they got a lot of – Can he beat out – if he can beat out Travis Tisdale – there's an opportunity for playing time. I think God, he could, he but if you get he Rodriguez is. and McLean, I guess you have to have a third and Smoke. I don't know. I got a hunch that Smoke's going to end up transferred. Well, Smoke, durability. We've seen him get I mean, banged up plays both what, years. Like four games a year. I, I think Lavelle Wright is perfect for this offense. He's patient, yeah. great vision. I mean, I, he's a Le'Veon Bell type runner. A little One bit like, runner. Yeah, a little bit like A.J. Rose and – Body style, I, man, I don't know. That's a tough one. He's probably a four-gamer uh, this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's Adrian, probably plan. Adrian Huey, red shirt. Red shirt. Yep, red shirt. Kai Sharon, red shirt. Red shirt. Red shirt. Khalil Saunders. Red shirt. Yeah, I think it'll be red shirt. I think he plays. I do. I think, I think Kentucky desperately – Needs length on the defensive line. Think about it. I mean, who is over? Who is over six four now that uh, uh, Bohanna is gone and Phil Hoskins gone? You know, you got Oxendine at defensive end, defensive tackle and defensive end at six two. 
yeah, guess that, maybe. I, I mean, that was, was that was one thing with that class last year. It's a lot of six two, six three bodies. Yeah, um, I, th- I think they need they need some length up there. Hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What, who was the other kid that oh, never mind. I, I'm drawing a blank. Hello. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's her uh, cameo. Every cameo week. for the day. Ellie's cameo for the week. Yeah. Uh we got a punter too. Yeah. All right. Joko Willis didn't sign. Mm-hmm. Not gonna happen. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maxwell Hairston. Red shirt. Yeah, I think he'll red but I shirt like him. Well. I like his take. I do too. I do too. I like him a whole lot. I like his size. I like his speed, but probably Michigan guys. red shirt. Pretty good. Wilson Berry. Oh, he's playing. We're going to be Start. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> we got to get Max Devontae on here before Ross. he gets the hell out of here. I gotta, we got to figure that out. Um, oh, and Ross. You want me to. <laughs> Ross will play. Yeah, I think he plays. Yeah, I, I, I hope that – I know he had some stuff he had to work on to make it happen. I, I hope that that's something that is not a recurring thing, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I, I, of all indications, he's 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 ready to roll. Good, good. Speaking of ready to roll, I think it's about time we get ready to roll, shall we? Sounds good to me. Yeah, um, it, it's been a fun conglomeration for this National Signing Day slash coaching search uh, show. We might do this again next week because you know what? Why the heck not? It's it's the holiday season. We're in a giving mood. Um, Christmas is right around the corner. Um, we haven't figured out anything like most people. We're just shooting from the hip right now. There's a lot happening. Um, but there is time to exhale because Kentucky has 18 new Wildcats signed, sealed, delivered, and a new offensive coordinator in Liam Cohen. Uh, it's been fun, fellas. I, I, I've enjoyed this. Nick, Freddie, it was very I have fun. Two, One of my Thanks, favorite Adam. days of the year. Yeah, Mine enjoy, you guys enjoy have- those state games, Freddie. You're going to crush it. <laughs> yeah, I get through the day, and I got to start preparing tomorrow for six games. So that's <laughs> – Oh, you got this, Freddie. Yeah, that's going to – I'm going to be tired, man. Hopefully, I'll keep my voice. I doubt it, but I'll try. Well, best of luck. Happy birthday, and thanks to all of y'all for listening. Thanks, bro. And uh, we'll be seeing y'all for too long. See Go y'all. Cats. Go Kroger. See ya. And peep the technique.